Today's Anxiety Slayer podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Are stress and anxiety interfering with your happiness? Have you been considering seeing a therapist, but you're not sure where to start? BetterHelp will assess your counseling needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist so you can start getting the support you need online in under 24 hours. Special offer for Anxiety Slayer listeners, get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash slayer. That's betterhelp.com forward slash slayer. In this week's Anxiety Slayer podcast, we're talking about how micro distractions can increase anxiety. Welcome back, Ananga. Hey, Shen. I'm glad we're talking about this because this, boy, if I were to choose one, I am the micro distraction queen. <laughs> and as is my daughter, truly, I mean, I'm not every day, thankfully, but boy, oh boy, can micro distractions make me a little bit off, you know, a little bit unhinged some days <laughs> and just really, really out of sorts because it makes it so hard to settle and focus. Yeah. When we're unsettled and we're feeling anxious, we can also make choices that don't support us well. And uh, when anxiety rears up, often we'd rather distract ourselves and escape the feelings it brings than be present with it and take steps to support ourselves. And I'm really seeing more and more in the times we're living in how the opportunity for distraction is everywhere. It's too easy for us to pick up some screen and scroll and scroll and scroll and we're getting all this incoming information and distractions all the time. So distraction feeds back into our anxiety and lack of focus. And that's where we can, we can feel so ungrounded when anxiety flares up because we're not really rooted in the present moment. We've just got all this information coming in or we're seeking diversion by scrolling. So either it's coming at us and it's too much or we're not comfortable and we're inviting more in because it's just too easy, too easy to do. Sure. And there, there are studies that have shown that increased use of, of our cell phones is in association or associated with anxiety, depression, and sleep disturbance. And it's absolutely true. And I did find some research from Rescue Time, which is an app for uh, several of the different iOS and Android, Android phones. And the whole purpose is to monitor phone use. And they found that people spend an average of three hours and 15 minutes on their phones every day, with the top 20% of smartphone users spending upwards of four and a half hours. And this number, this amount of time, doesn't include additional screen time for watching the news and shows and Netflix and things like that on your laptop. So you like a completely different screen, right? Yeah. So the screen time has just taken over. And having once worked in the television industry, this amount of time is well over what it used to be for television viewing. When, when you add the, air quotes, entertainment and uh, cell phone usage and social media usage all in, wow, that's just so much of our time each day. Yeah, I read a study that said that in 2015, so five years ago, we were taking in more information, five times more information than we were in 2011. So if that was five years ago, what must it be 
now. And even then, it was too much. It's too much incoming. I often think about how people lived, you know, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, or even myself as a kid without the internet. Yeah. And how we would pass time and, and the entertainment and so-called diversions that we had compared to what's there now. And I think in days gone by before television and all, all the distractions that we've had for some time, it seems to me when I read people who've lived a more contemplative existence that time seems to pass more slowly. Right. It's less of a rush and, you know, people would spend time walking from A to B and doing this activity and coming back. And it, it just seems so much more meditative and wholesome. I know for myself that my better days are if I can just leave my phone somewhere and sit under a tree for a few hours. Yeah. And everything starts to slow down or settle down in me. And this sense of contentment comes over me that isn't there on the days when I'm at home and looking from one thing to another. And, and I've, I feel that, you know, with our phones, there's also the potential for triggers everywhere. And especially for young people, they're seeing all sorts of horrors on their phone that did not yeah. come into my room or my head when I was younger. And that's also really concerning. It is. I was just thinking when you were talking about leaving your phone, uh, when, uh, when I was taking my daughter down to her new apartment, going off to school, we had, as you can imagine, a lot going on before leaving. And I left my phone at home and um, we got on the road and you know, several hours away. And I didn't even realize I didn't have it until we were well on our way. And I thought, how, un how interesting is that? You know, because I was focused on her and what we were doing and the importance of this change and transition and, and what have you. And more than anything, I found it to be an inconvenience. I don't like to be on the road without a phone, but she had hers and it was strange. It was very much like something was missing <laughs> because I always have my phone Yeah, and I'm sure many can relate to this, but, uh, but obviously it all worked out just fine. And, and, um, and I, and I didn't have it for a couple of days and it started to feel quite freeing actually to not have that umbilical cord, uh, attached and to just focus on what we needed to focus on. Yeah. Right now, uh, we're just living in an age of information overload, just too, too much coming at us. Yeah. And the expectation to be always available. Mm -hmm. Currently I've set my phone to do not disturb. So I have a list of people that can get through that. Yeah. But it will be close friends and relatives. And I'm checking my phone manually when I sit down and have a minute to check my messages rather than have it constantly beeping and pinging. Yeah. It was starting to drive me crazy. Yeah. I took, uh, I took messenger. I just took it off my phone. Mm -hmm. And as, as we were talking earlier today too, I I'm taking the month of October completely off of Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, I know you found some interesting research um, from Daniel J. Levitin about how social media and such affect our brains. Would you share a little bit about that? Yeah, he's a psychologist and a neuroscientist, and he wrote a book called The Organized Mind, Thinking Straight in the Age of Information Overload. And he says that neurons are living cells with a metabolism, and they need oxygen and glucose to survive. And when they're working hard, we experience fatigue. 
So he says that every status update you read on Facebook or every tweet or text message you get from a friend is competing for resources in your brain. Mm. And that would explain so much. And I realize I am not a psychologist or neuroscientist, but I can tell you that, and I can use my daughter as an example, she often feels like she has ADHD. She hasn't been diagnosed that she has that. And a number of her friends feel the same way. Mm -hmm. And if you think about what's happening and the competition in our brain with all that we have in coming, it would make sense that you feel that way. Yeah. And after the break, we're going to be looking a, a bit more at how and why that works. But since you've raised it, I'd like to just say something about that at this stage, which is that in Ayurveda, India's ancient science of life, which understands different energies in the body, different mind and body types, and how our environment impacts us in a most amazingly detailed way, ADHD is seen as a vata disturbance. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so we've spoken before that vata, pitta, kapha are the three body types. And vata gets aggravated by a lot of incoming information. And when we feel disturbed, ungrounded, and scattered, that ADHD type state, that is a vata disturbance. Mm. So for many people are experiencing those kinds of symptoms because we're in an ADHD world. According to Ayurveda, that's the world we're living in. It's set up for it. Yeah. So it's very interesting to look at it in that way and then look at, okay, how can we balance it out? And there are very simple things you can bring into your life and into your day that help not feel that way, help us not feel so scattered and un ungrounded and anxious. I know if I'm on the computer too much at the end of the day, I feel twitchy. Sure. I just want to turn it off and, yeah, turn it off and go for a walk or staring at the screen too much. These days I try and work in much shorter bursts than I used to because I don't like how it makes me feel. Yeah. So yeah, this is the age we're living in, the deluge of information that, that is coming at us or that we invite, one or the other or both, is causing us mental fatigue. And it also affects our mental well-being. And that's why it's really important to take a break from screen time. And when we get back after the break, we'll discuss what happens when the Ayurvedic vata dosha is out of balance and so that we can learn how to stabilize it, and to calm anxiety. Today's Anxiety Slayer podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Are stress and anxiety interfering with your happiness and preventing you from living your best life? There have been a few times in my life where I've needed some extra support and wish I'd had an option for online support. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And to be clear, BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online, and their service is available for clients worldwide. You get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't have to leave the comfort of your own home. It's more affordable than traditional in-person counseling, and financial aid is available. You can start living a happier life today. Special offer for Anxiety Slayer listeners, get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash slayer. That's betterhelp.com forward slash slayer. Before the break, we were talking about the vata dosha being out of balance and 
ADHD and how we can learn to stabilize and calm anxiety. Let's talk more about that. Especially for our listener that wrote to us and asked us not to. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, we do talk about Ayurveda a lot because (laughs) it really, really helps if you understand your dosha type and if you understand what it means to to be vata imbalanced or to be in in a situation where you need to learn how to better care for yourself if you are vata deranged. Yeah, for me, Ayurveda has brought me so much peace of mind, more than anything else I've studied, because of the understanding of the mind and how the mind works and the teachings on the nature of the mind, that the mind is delicate by nature and easily disturbed by nature. Mm-hmm. The second I read it, it just made me easier on myself. And, you know, we don't talk in the West about mental health until there's a problem with mental health, until there's challenges with mental health. We talk, when we talk about physical health, we, for me, physical health, I will see somebody going for a walk, eating clean, exercising. And then often in the West, when we think about mental health, we think of somebody struggling yeah. with their mental health. We don't think of somebody doing some breathing practices or looking at different ways that they can support their mind. So it's interesting that you know we do all of our thinking and all of our directing of our lives through this thing called the mind that we don't really know how to look after. And Ayurveda has a wealth of incredible, compassionate, practical, useful information. So that's why we talk about it a lot, (laughs) especially me. Talk about it all day, every day. Yeah, yeah. So Ayurveda teaches that we have different mind and body types. And this brings a lot of insight and humor into our lives. It's really fascinating to observe these qualities in action. And The vata type of the three types, vata, pitta, kapha, is the one that's most prone to struggling with anxiety. And there are ways that we can protect that nature. It's also very funny, very witty, quick, artistic. Vata types are amazing people. And all types have their strengths and weaknesses. So Ayurveda teaches us how to work well with the hand that we've been dealt. Mm -hmm. Vata, when it's imbalanced, causes anxiety. It causes worry fear, ungroundedness, scatteredness, um, difficulty with focusing, and the digital world causes vata imbalance so that incoming fast information can make us suffer more with anxiety and more with feeling twitchy, having trouble directing our mind, concentrating, all those things that we can experience. Yeah, and this this fast pace isn't healthy for any of us at, at a prolonged rate, but we get used to it, and we get very uncomfortable when we try to slow down. It's it's like uh, I must always be engaged, right? Yeah, and often we can feel unsettled and and find it hard to sit still and to be still and to quiet down, and yet it's exactly what we need. When, uh, when we've pushed ourselves too far, when we've taken in too much information, when we've allowed ourselves to be completely distracted, fall down the rabbit hole, as I say so often with technology. What helps when we're in this space? Cutting back. Yeah. Cutting back on what's causing the harm. And we might have to do it gradually because it's addictive. Yeah. Because we do get that hit of recognition when we put a photo up and three people like it. <laughs> 
get oh yeah unsettled when we share something with a friend and they don't respond and there's so much reward and stimulus and stuff goes on with these virtual ethereal interactions so what really helps is getting connected for real <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> which is not as easy as it was with the climate we're living in and with the challenge we have with this virus out there worldwide but when it is safe to do so to connect for real to hug to talk to laugh yeah all that old fashioned stuff break bread together and again it's not so easy at the moment and that is increasing struggles and and suffering for people but even you and I now we're on different sides of the planet and we're using technology but i feel that we connect deeply together yeah and we really hear each other so that's possible look for where it's possible right but you know get out in nature and get your feet in water sand mud crunch through the leaves just get in what's real and natural and and good that really helps it's so grounding when you do that and that's mm-hmm. especially if you're if you're feeling um there's an imbalance in vata that we're talking about there's nothing quite like movement and grounding and changing up your environment to help you feel better very very quickly yeah so vata looks for diversion it looks for fleeting information all of the doshas have their thing that they're attracted to that's not in their best interests. So we have to retrain ourselves. And with Vata, the key is immersion, not diversion. Right. You know, getting into things, going into things rather than flitting past them. Right, right. And it's a challenge because for Vata, when I was young, I was uh, much more Vata than I currently am. And it was, it was hard for me to sit still. Very hard. I would, I would go to meditation programs and lectures and I'd be looking at the clock like, when can I move? When can I get up? It yeah, was, right. It was really, really hard. Now put me under a tree and leave me for a day. Thank you. That's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, um, it was challenging for me. So we need to just make gradual steps. First is making a commitment that, okay, this may not be serving me well. How can I make some changes? So as I shared earlier, a first thing that really helps is to turn off notifications. Yes. I, I second that. Yeah. And if people expect you to be available, that's not your responsibility. You can tell those that need to hear it, I'm turning off my notifications, taking a break. So that's the first thing, you know, that it should be voluntary if we want to check Instagram, Facebook. It should be. And that's, I've always felt that way with, with my phone, um, just my nature, my personality. It's like that it's a convenience for me. And so if I'm, if I'm mentally available to hold space or to have that conversation, I will. And if I'm not, I won't until I can. Right. Um, I highly recommend that. Also clear out your subscriptions. You know how it's so easy to sign up for newsletters or free gifts or this or that or the other thing. And then you start your inbox just fills up. And oftentimes you can't even get to it, but it feels a little bit stressful to have all that in there. Mm-hmm. Start to clear out your subscriptions. Really take a look. Do, do I really want to hear that from this person? Is this information supportive? What am I getting out of this? And, and do that. It feels really good. It's kind of like cleaning out a closet or a drawer, or, you know, just moving some energy around and also limiting time on social media. Because what, what I've found in my own practice is that I can start 
on Facebook. And I often go in to do stuff for Anxiety Slayer or for my other business, but also personally. And then it'll automatically hop over to Twitter. And then it'll hop over to Instagram. And then by the time I'm done with Instagram, then I'm coming back over to Facebook and I'll catch myself in this loop. Yep. And it's like this triple loop. And then in between there, right, is business, the the work that I'm doing, that you're doing, um, as well as the inbox, as well as the phone calls, right? So (laughs) I'm not alone in this, but it's just saying, okay, no, I'm going to be surgical with my use of of social (laughs) media. Or as I mentioned earlier, either in this podcast or the last, uh, I'm taking the month of October like completely off of Facebook with exception of making sure that our podcasts get shared. That's it. I'm not going to be there. I can't be there. The the climate right now in the U.S. with the with politics and everybody um, having their opinions and and all of this stuff, I just can't do it. It's not good for my mental health, so I'm not going to be there. Yeah, and that's the thing: is it serving us well? Is it good for our mental health? So really, it comes down to boundaries. It does it's a boundary issue, and also unfollow. I've unfollowed so many accounts. Oh yeah, in the last few weeks, I'm on every day. I unfollow a bit more. I'm also taking photos. Uh, my phone has this thing where it shares, you know, on this day so many years ago. Mm. And as some of our listeners are aware, I've, ha- I've been through quite a bit of personal trauma in recent years. So if a photo comes up that makes my stomach churn, it goes. Yeah. So for me at the moment, that daily reminder when it comes up is a bit of a purge. If it makes me smile, it stays. Yeah. And if it makes me, you know, feel sad or it's out <laughs> of there, anxious or whatever, it's gone. So that's interesting. And, and also unfollowing. Um, I like Instagram for inspiration. Yeah. I follow some amazing people. I love seeing your photos, other friends' photos, family photos when people are on trips. We have a nephew away from home for a good few weeks at the moment, and I'm loving his updates that come through on WhatsApp, and, and uh, occasionally he'll share stuff on Instagram. And again, on Instagram, if it makes me feel uncomfortable, triggered, sad, even angry, it's going. Yeah. I'm unfollowing. And if it makes me smile, it stays. So it's a bit like that. Who's the author? Marie Kondo, the life-changing magic of tidying up. And she has that principle of when you go through your closet, if it makes you happy, keep it. If it doesn't, lose it. Yeah. That really works also with our digital life, that it can be a place of inspiration and support and uh, not disturbance. Yes. And then it goes without saying, but I have to say it, having been in the business as long as I was, please give yourself a break from the news. Reading it, watching it, letting it in. It's such a downer most days. You just don't need it right now. It's not like you're going to be missing out on what's really happening. Eventually, we all get the information. It's just it doesn't need to be hammered into your brain and heart over and over and over multiple times a day. You don't need to watch the news three times a day. I don't think you need to watch it once a day. (laughs) But to give ourselves a break so that we can move into this immersion that you're talking about, that we can go outside and walk or dance or practice yoga or qigong or work in the yard or in your garden or mindfully prepare your you know, next healthy meal from scratch and just really be in this place of, of working with our hands. And we can find balance. There are ways to do it. We just have to be more mindful in our choices, uh, more discerning in our choices and set 
better boundaries for ourselves. Yeah, we need to catch ourselves and and change it up. Let's talk about finding balance. Vata is balanced by the sense of touch. And touch is calming and it focuses an ungrounded vata mind. It's one of the reasons why I get a massage very often to move stuck energy in my body. Yeah. But it's also why it's so important to use our hands to paint, to bake, to work with clay, to mend something, to tend to your plants, uh, and to really practice drawing your attention to activities that engage your hands. Yeah. I saw um, a while ago there was a a competition in the UK um, to do with pottery. And there was a gentleman who had an illness that involved shaking, shaking in his hands. And he said that when he worked with clay, it stopped. Mm. I was like, yeah, because clay's kapha. Kapha's the opposite of vata. And that's what you, you want in Ayurveda, gentle opposites, a balancing. Right. So he's working with heavy, stable, solid, smooth clay. And, and I was watching him with interest and his hands were shaking while he was talking. And then he put his hands on the clay on the wheel and they slowed down and they looked completely regular, steady hands. Wow, that's so powerful. Fascinating to see that happen and um, wonderful to have that information from Ayurveda that teaches us why. And that's why I always say go squatch in the mud if you can, if your vata's high, because of the the opposite, you know, jump in some puddles, walk in some mud, feel your feet on different textures and surfaces, get grounded. But yeah, our hands are so important, you know, request a hug from somebody that you're with. Um, And I think that's been very hard during lockdown in the UK. There are so many friends that I miss hugging. (laughs) I've got really good hugging friends. Yeah, of course. And it's, you know, and we've said, you know, I really miss giving you a hug or sitting with you or just, you know, leaning on somebody that you're close to, just mm-hmm. leaning in and sharing space, sharing time, sharing food together. Those things are really essential for our sense of well-being and, and just inner contentment. And that's a little challenged at the moment. So to find it where we can. And yeah. Ayurveda teaches that one of the best things you can do for anxiety is self-massage with oil, warm sesame oil. Just massage your arms and your legs and your belly, your back as far around as you can reach. Just take a few minutes to really massage your body with oil. In Ayurveda, the word for oil is the same as the word for love. And it's a a self-loving act, an act of care that helps calm anxiety. It helps nourish the body and it helps our immunity also, helps protect the body. It's the very best thing. It really is. And vata is very prone to dryness. And you know if vata's up because you will see more dryness in your digestion and in your skin and your hands and your, your yeah. lips. So bringing oil in is a very good balancing antidote for that dryness. And to kind of pull, pull it all together, practice slowing down, spend time reading, journaling, walking getting away from your screens and all of the fast coming distractions and information. You simply must allow yourself the chance to take a break. And as I like to say, slow your roll. (laughs) You simply must allow yourself to take a break and slow your roll. Yeah. 
Well, I'm glad we had the chance to talk about this today. Micro distractions, distractions are all about all around us and we really can do something about it. Mindfulness and, and better decision-making. To celebrate our 11th anniversary producing the Anxiety Slayer podcast, we're offering all of our courses in the Anxiety Slayer Academy for half price. Visit anxietyslayer.teachable.com and use the coupon code HALFPRICESALE through the month of October. Thanks for listening. 